Cheers and welcome to you. Good to have you back here on the Damon Bruce Show. Friday, November 10th, we're getting ready for a big NFL weekend. And without a doubt, I think the biggest game on the slate is 49ers and Jaguars. We all know what's going on with the 49ers. It's time to get to know that opponent in a little bit better way. And boy, do I have the perfect guest to do just that. Kendra Middleton is at 98.5 The Hub in Boston. She works for uh, Nesson. She blogs. She is a Jill of all trades in one of the hardest sports markets to crack in the world. She was once upon a time a 95.7 The Game intern, and that's how I got to know her. And one of the things that I got to know about her is that she's only one of two actual Jacksonville Jaguar fans that I've ever met in my life. And beyond that, she's like not fooling around as a Jaguars insider. There is no one that I could bring you in the world who knows more about the Jaguars than maybe Doug Peterson himself. I didn't have his number. I had Kendra's. Kendra, thank <laughs> you for joining me. How you doing? I'm so good. Thank you for having me. I'm glad we get to catch up after all these years and what a perfect way to do it. I mean, as soon as I saw the Jaguars on the schedule, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out to Kendra <laughs> that week. It's great to see you. Thank you very much. Very interesting morning in Boston sports radio. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I just want to hop right into this because you have followed this team basically <laughs> your entire life. Like from the day it became, became an expansion team, you're originally you're a, a, a gal from Jacksonville. So you've seen it all. You've seen the ups and downs. What is it about Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence that has come together to work so well and change not only the arc of Lawrence's career, but really the arc of the franchise? Yeah, so I am what we call in Jacksonville Generation Jaguar. I was actually born at Baptist Hospital into a Jacksonville Jaguars onesie. That was the first thing ever put on my body. Uh, we're six months apart in age. The team started in fall of 95. I'm winter of 96. It was just the nature of suck for the last 27 years was bestowed upon me at Baptist Hospital. So no no lying about the uh, the history between me and the Jags. It's probably my most abusive relationship for sure. Up until this season, uh, it feels like things are kind of finally turning around because of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence. I think that the biggest difference obviously has to be coaching. You have the Urban Meyer stuff in our notes to get to, but what a difference Doug has made not only in this offense, but in the development of Trevor Lawrence. And for the first time in maybe my life, I feel it's so important to note that Jacksonville Jaguars players for the first time want to be in Jacksonville. They want to be on this team. They've bought into the culture. Trevor Lawrence is such a leader. You remember watching him at the end of the playoff game in Kansas City last season. He stood on the field and shook every single person's hand on the way to the locker room and kind of just let that envelop him as he just he just doesn't want to remain again and do i think that this team is going to win the super bowl this year no but do i think that they're going to make a lot of noise hell yeah i do i think that they're going to upset some teams i think that they could absolutely win this game this weekend if a couple of things go right for them so just the difference that i think you have to point to doug peterson over trevor lawrence and everything the difference that he has made has turned this team completely around what is Lawrence better at this year than he was at the end of last year? I think reading defenses and obviously the turnover problems are still a bit of an issue with him. It, it's funny because if you look back at his rookie season, uh, he led the league in interceptions with 19 and the quarterback who won the Super Bowl that year was tied with him for the most interceptions in the league. He had 19. Matt Stafford had 19. So 
you know, it's just, I, I think that that's something that he definitely needs to work on. If you look back to that playoff game against the chargers last year, that was obviously the thing that kind of did them in, in the beginning, but the biggest difference for me this year, is his ability to read the defense and having trust in his receivers. This is the, you know, second time maybe that you can consider him to have actual weapons in his repertoire. And I think that that's huge for him. When you have a guy like Evan Ingram, who's super reliable, Christian Kirk, him and Zay Flower or Zay Jones have such good chemistry off the field. And you can totally tell that that relates on the field. They play board games together there. He comes over and hangs out with Trevor's dogs and his wife. So I think that that translates really well as well. Um, I, I think that also having an offensive line that's healthy when they're able to play this weekend's going to be the second time that their preferred starting offensive line is going to be available for the team. So I think the trust in his offensive line, his ability to read a defense a little quicker and the game just slowing down for him, especially having these weapons chef's kiss for Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson this weekend. It's going to be really interesting to see what the new defensive ends, obviously Bosa now chase young, they're going to be yeah. going. It's Cam Robinson and what Antoine Harris and these guys, they're good, but this is going to be a big, big test. It's, it's funny, Kendra, you know, styles make fights. I see a lot of similar styles here. The, the 49ers and Jaguars are a lot alike. They're two teams that really shut down the run. You can get off on their defenses a little bit in the air. Um, you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey feels like, you know, maybe the best running back in football. Travis ATN is like, seriously, like McCaffrey light. He is um, a, a Mr. Do everything yeah. for this Jaguar offense. And then a very reliable tight end. And as I told you, you know, Evan Ingram might be the most underrated disrespected player in football. Now he doesn't have any touchdowns and it's hard to say, you're having a great year when you don't have any touchdowns, but he's got 51 catches. That's the same amount of catches as Devontae Adams. There's only two tight ends with more catches than him. So Trevor has got himself a playmaker and a safety blanket in the way that, you know, Brock Purdy's got Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle. I know. I And I really thought that, you know, having Calvin Ridley on this offense was going to add a burst of speed and an availability downfield that they didn't really have last season. But I feel like a lot of box score watchers probably think that he's the best receiver on this team. He's helping them so much. And he really was the first week, but he's declined so much since then. And I, I'm, I think the biggest difference this weekend is going to be who can disrupt the quarterback quickly and the most often I think that Brock Purdy is obviously the steal of his draft right you guys are getting away with having such a cheap roster because it's quarterbacking of the fact that murder it's, exactly it's murder. yeah it's it's awesome and the I remember being out there in the 49ers kind of being great but not kind of playing up to their potential at the time but man have you guys lucked out this is going to be such a game it's and, and after both teams coming off of bye weeks people are going to be healthy the biggest difference for me is going to be who can rush the quarterback better and who can get the run game going quickly. I think whoever scores first is who's going to win. There you go. Er, strike early. I'll tell you when the 49ers do strike early, they're on a good path. They are, they are front runners, which is always used a little bit as a negative term to me. There's nothing wrong with front running. If you get leads and you sit on them and you win games, that's a good thing coming from behind though. It's it's been a difficulty for Kyle Shanahan, especially eight points down in the fourth quarter. He's 0 for 37. So you're going to want to avoid that at the very, very least. Uh, Kendra, tell me about the Jaguars defense. Obviously, what you know, you've got a tackling machine. Uh, a guy's just at the top of the NFL and tackles all the time in in Ola Kuhn and uh, Kuhn. And I always screw his name up. I always do. Ola Kuhn. 
Luacon. There it is. And the first name is not any easier either. <laughs> um, but I mean, look, they've got Josh Allen. They've got Devin Lloyd. This is this is a team that is, you know, definitely a bend don't break defense. Very stingy against the run. Yeah, I think that the defense has definitely played up to their opponents at times. They were obviously the question mark for me going into the season. I never thought that the offense would be sort of what I'm looking at to improve. I think the biggest thing that needs to come out of the defense this week is Devin Lloyd's got to be on the sack sheet, and I need Trayvon Walker to make a big jump. Them not taking Aiden Hutchinson last year has been such an L for this organization so far. I'm not saying that Trayvon Walker is not going to make that jump in a third year or later on this season or what have you, but Aiden Hutchinson was day one, snap one, ready to go. Trayvon had a higher ceiling and needs a little bit more work, um, but I just need to see him be more consistently on the stat sheet through all of this. But I think the biggest question mark for the Jags this weekend is Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisko being healthy. Andre Sisko is kind of a turnover machine if you give him the availability to. And he's been injured, which has been obviously an issue. But last season also, Rayshon Jenkins was kind of one of those safeties that could give you a game-changing play. The turnover battle this weekend, I think, is also going to be something to watch. Like I said earlier, Trevor Lawrence has some turnover issues. I think he only has four interceptions, but a bunch of fumbles. So if that pass rush can disrupt him and cause him to fumble the ball, that's going to be obviously the huge difference maker, but Foya Luakon is just one of the smartest guys in the game right now. He actually graduated from Yale, has a master's, just brilliant player, has definitely taken that jump this season. But as far as the defense goes, I need the pass rushers on the stat sheet this week. Biggest difference maker is disrupting Brock Purdy, and that's that's all there is to it. I mean, this defense has impressed me so far this season. I just need them to not get shaky at this point in the year. Yuschek went to Harvard, obviously, so we could have some Ivy League on Ivy League crime right there at the at the line of scrimmage. You are flying into Duval to go to the game this weekend. It really it's it's the biggest game I think in the NFL this weekend. You got two. Teams I can't believe there. it didn't get flexed. I know. I, I, I are we at that point in the year where you can pull a team? And yeah, it should have been. I would also see why CBS would hold on to this with their cold dead hands. You know what I mean? Like this is not a game that you want to give up in an otherwise unsexy slate of of games. This is a big one, and I really do think that it's it's a fork in the road for both of these teams. Like where you end up at the end of the year. Like we can almost start counting the wins and losses from from this point on to find out who you're going to be. What is the biggest misconception about Jaguars, Jaguar fans? I mean, it's, you know, for a while, the pool in the end zone was all we really knew about the stadium and the franchise. It feels like they have gone from untrustworthy, kind of goofy, the Urban Meyer thing, which I'd love to get your opinion on. <laughs> um, but but w- w- why have they turned the corner? Is it Peterson? Is it is it Trent Balky who I think deserves a little credit here for building a really good team? I think the biggest misconception is something that you kind of joked about earlier is that the Jags have no fans. I think that's the biggest misconception out there. Jags Twitter is one of the craziest places I've ever been. I wasn't on Twitter, really. I had a Twitter account that I had maybe 15 tweets and 100 followers before 2021, and I finally do- like dove into Jags Twitter. 
lot of fans, passionate fans. They're all over the place and they will eat you alive. So truly do not mess with them on Twitter. I've seen them drag famous people and get people canceled. I'm so serious. They have nothing to lose and they don't care. (laughs) Um, But I think that the biggest turning point in all of this was something that at the time I kind of saw as hurtful and potentially bad uh, as far as losing fans. But when they thought about bringing in Byron Lefwich uh, to replace Urban Meyer, I was really upset when that ship kind of turned rather quickly. And it turns out that that was the best thing for the Jaguars. I think it's absolutely coaching. The Trent Baalke thing, I think, is a good point. But he hasn't drafted well enough for me to give him those props. I look back at some of the earlier drafts that he handled and all of the losers that came out of those drafts. I mean, I look at freaking where they took LaVisca Chenault, and it makes me want to throw up. Um, and even the and even the Trayvon Walker thing, you know, it was signed, sealed, delivered to us with Aiden Hutchinson, which, you know, he got the best option out of the available ones for him living at home, playing for his childhood favorite team, all of those things. So I'm not really ready to give Trent Balky his flowers, but I will say after the trade deadline and that Ezra Cleveland trade, I, I was like, all right, let Trent cook, let him cook a little bit, but it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Doug for me when you bring in kind of a quarterback whisperer who won a Super Bowl with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles to coach up Trevor Lawrence after the disaster of a season that he had his first year. I, I don't think that there's any other option you have but to give Doug his flowers. Uh, as as I was telling you before we even went on the air, I, I really want to give you some flowers because <laughs> it, it's really cool to meet someone at the dawn of their career. And that's, that's when I met you back in 2016 when you were interning. And I, I honestly, I don't know how you got out to the Bay Area with some family or something that you had. And and you're an intern at the station. You're working with Papa and Lund more than you're working with my show. But we spend a day, a couple days together outside of uh, the Shark Tank when the Sharks were in the Stanley Cup finals. And let me just say, I'm on the air. I'm interviewing someone doing something. And I start coughing. I start something. And you just immediately hand me your water. I take a sip. I finish the interview. We go to break. I turn to you and I said, Holy shit, what is in this water? I've never had a sip of water better than that in my life. And I've still got the container that you gave me. Because of Kendra, I know what spa water is. Thank you. Thank you for you, my life. I still have that photo. I think I tweeted it to you maybe a year or two ago now. But my mom loves that picture. That's one of my uh, fondest memories as an intern. I remember the guys giving me so much crap at the time because I was always bringing in like what they considered to be hippie bullshit, which when you live in San Francisco, to be called like the person bringing in hippie bullshit is kind of hilarious. But I was bringing in my spa water and my homemade protein bites and all that stuff. And you know what? My spa water saved the day at one point, and that's all that matters to me. But I am so glad that we have stayed friends through all the years. It is so cool to watch someone say, this is what I want to do. And then I'm now watching you do it. Like, I, it, I'm really, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm proud of you. There is absolutely no doubt that you are on the launching pad of a career that's going to go a lot of places further than just like local Boston radio. There's no doubt in my mind. And beyond all that, what I think is the best part of you is your sense of humor and you're in, you're a hysterical Twitter follow and <laughs> you. you, you swat at people like people swat flies away. It's, 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 it's good stuff. 
Oh, that's so sweet of you. I really appreciate that. Um, thank you for joining us. I feel like we know more about the Jaguars than we knew before. It is great to have you on today. I wish you the very best. And look, I, I, there's not a lot of 49er Jaguars matchups, but we'll figure out a way. Maybe when there's something popping off in Boston again, I'd love to have you back. Kendra, thanks so much for joining us today and best of luck to you. Good, good, good luck going forward. And this is a monster football game this weekend. Hi, time. I appreciate it. I'll be texting you for sure. And if you're watching the game, I will be in a leopard print onesie dressed like a cat. Look for me. I'm going to try and make it on the TV. <laughs> there you go. Leopard print onesie. Keep an eye out, everyone. <laughs> Kendra Middleton, no joking around. Seriously, fantastic follow. Follow her on Twitter, Instagram, all the places. And uh, uh, a tip of the cap to the smooth morning radio happening in Boston. Thank you. I'll see you soon. Bye, guys. There she is. Kendra Middleton. Cool as hell. I'm going to take the the headphones off. Don't need those anymore. But seriously, it's awesome to see someone tell you at a very young age, this is what I want to do. And then you see them doing it. Radio didn't exactly love me back. I hope it loves Kendra back. I really do. Great to have her on. See an awful lot of you hopping on in uh, to the chat. Uh, I got ourselves a, a, a quick one today, right? Uh, because I am going to go and tap in to a resource that, again, comes right out of the audience. It means so much to me that you guys are so involved in the growth of this and trying to get this thing to uh, to absolutely pop. Uh, I'm going to go talk to Kapil, who we met at Plus Mania 2 and he's going to teach me how to actually use YouTube since I kind of still officially have almost no idea what I'm doing. Uh, thanks as always to Ike. I don't know where you're going for lunch today, this weekend, but boy, get yourself a sandwich at Ike's. You'll be very happy that you did something for everyone. Absolutely delicious. And make sure that you go ahead and you use that Ike's Rewards app. It's the best way to eat sandwiches, buy sandwiches, get them delivered to you. You start eating your way towards free sandwiches and you just cannot argue with that at all. And of course, we want to let you know that if you're thinking about making a player two this weekend, go to mybookie.ag, use promo code DAMON when you sign up, and you will find uh, a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 and a $10 chip to use in their casino because, look, it's not all sports gambling. You want to play a little blackjack, you want to play a little poker, you want to have some funds on a casino floor, which you can't really do at any of these other sites. Uh, that's is why we're in international waters baby mybookie.ag use promo code damon when you sign up and uh it's a great way for you to involve yourself in a little play this weekend and it's a great way to support what we're doing over here as well take care of the sponsors that take care of me ikes mybookie.ag thanks to all of them and we will get to our friends at uncle boys in a little bit uh look when it comes to uh yeah so this is this is uh, Ravi. He's like, I only know one Jaguars fan, right? Just one Jaguar fan. By the way, some of you guys need to straight up like dial it back a little there. Pern, very nice. A lot of, hey, hey, Kendra. Yeah, I, I told her, I'm like, why exactly are you in radio? You, you should not just be in radio. Um, but yeah, she is absolutely a dialed in just, she knows sports. She knows football. And uh, she is, when a man needed a drink of water, she handed me the tastiest sip of water I've ever had in my life. Like literally, 
I did. I had no idea what cucumber, just cucumber in water did to water. It's, it's incredible. Guys, I'm telling you right now, put some cucumber in, in your water. You will be happy that you did. I want to see Jordan Mason in Jacksonville. I want to see Mooney Ward play defense without being an automatic pass interference in Jacksonville. I want to see Steve Wilkes showing up on the sideline and having a level of communication. If that was undoing what the Niners were trying to do, that better be the move that puts it back together. I'm going to tell you right now, when you are at the, okay, come down from the booth and get to the sideline, you're basically saying we're at the end of ideas here. I mean, it it is, if you're talking about the location of your defensive coordinator, things are not going right. And things have not gone right over the last three weeks. There's no doubt about that. But the exaggeration of how bad all of a sudden the Niners actually sit is a bit of an exaggeration. So the 49ers are a lot better than they feel. Now, that's why this game is such a big game this weekend, because there is there's only a a fork in the road here. And it'll get back to everything feeling good or the sky is falling. Like they lose coming out of a bye. Steve Wilkes coming out of the press box. They lose in Jacksonville. The panic will be real, whether it's earned or not. You know, it it's just the nature of media and fans. But we're going to take opinions out of it. Again, miss, this is maybe my greatest strength as a broadcaster. Like, yeah, I can have hot hot takes and spicy opinions, but I think there's a lot more to be found in just facts. And here are the facts of the matter. Um, The 49ers are a lot better than you think. In 2019, when they went to the Super Bowl, they got off to a tremendous start. They were 8-0. In 2020, the start not nearly as robust. It was 4-4. Four four. In 2021, remember, the start was 3-5, and, and there was some panic in the air over that, obviously. 2022, you got yourself the 49ers at 4-4 four and four once again through eight games, and now here we are. The 2023 49ers are five and three. Three disappointing losses because they all came in a row. They all came in. That's not exactly what we were seeing in the first five weeks. Like you're missing tackles. It's just everything looks discombobulated. And, And in that, I will give you the right to feel a little jarred by it. But you got to stay in the vacuum of those three-game losing streak and pretend that if the five-game winning streak, you know, where Brock didn't, again, Brock all of a sudden, he's an interception machine. Well, not in those first five weeks where he didn't throw one, right? He had a couple bad weeks in a row. The 49ers are five and three. At five and three, that is still the best eight-game start for Kyle Shanahan since the Super Bowl season. I mean, it's not nearly as bad as it's being made out to be. And I'll tell you, we get some fascinating stuff going on in terms of we got the first pick in the draft versus the last pick in the draft. And if I just started showing you statistics and remove names, you might confuse one for the other. It's really fascinating. You know, Trevor Lawrence and Brock Purdy, they could not have started at starting points further away from the first guy selected to the last guy selected 
in any NFL draft. That's officially as far away as draft picks are allowed to be, you know, before you start looking at undrafted guys, they're first, last, that's as big as the gap gets. And beyond just that, their draft position, there was the pedigree and the hype Look, Trevor Lawrence, we heard about him in high school, right? When he was in Tennessee playing high school ball and becoming the number one prospect. And and he is, outside of Andrew Luck, I think among the most promised quarterbacking prospects that we saw, like before he even took a snap in college, they're talking about how he will be the number one pick in the draft. He starts taking snaps in college and Clemson wins a national championship in his freshman year. Trevor Lawrence has been a beast of a prospect and of a near household name and someone that football fans have been seeing on the horizon coming at them. Obviously, Urban Meyer was the wrong coach to start off the career with. That's been corrected. And this is now, I I believe our, our friend Nick Wright calls him the prince that was promised. And there is an awful lot of of statistical data points that are just being thrown up by Trevor Lawrence that say, this guy's really, really, really good. But if that's true for Trevor, it also has to be true for Brock. Through eight games, again, through eight games between two guys, one as famous a young quarterback as you can find. The other, most people in America couldn't tell you where Brock Purdy went to college. They, they still don't know. They're like, I think he plays for the Niners. Like, that's as good as you're going to get to where did he go to college from most people. Well, the Jags, they keep on saying, are getting better. They haven't even peaked yet. And maybe that's true. Maybe the 49ers, some people say, might have peaked a little too early. But just looking at eight games, okay? We're looking at eight games, and that's all we're looking at. Trevor Lawrence actually has more just-a-game-manager numbers than Brock Purdy has. And everyone will tell you that Brock is, you know, system guy, system guy, system guy. I've never heard that attached to Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence isn't running his system as efficiently as Brock Purdy is running his. Again, not my opinion. We're going inside the numbers. Trevor Lawrence's next three-passing touchdown game this season will be his first. He hasn't thrown for more than two touchdowns in any game that he's played this year. Brock Purdy threw for four touchdowns against the Dallas Cowboys. Trevor Lawrence has only cracked 300 yards passing just once all year. Those are the kind of numbers that you attach to game managers. Purdy, he's done it twice. Well, Trevor Lawrence is more of a physical specimen, an athlete, and look, he is. But at the same time, he's been sacked more times than Brock Purdy, 19, Purdy's only been sacked 14 times. Purdy has not just comparable, but better numbers in a lot of different categories, even with the 49ers taking massive steps backwards in the last three games. Purdy has thrown for more yards, averages more yards per game, and has thrown for more touchdowns and has rushed for more touchdowns than Trevor Lawrence. Again, not my opinion. These are facts. You can go look them up yourself. The last pick in the draft has only thrown one more interception than the number one pick in the draft, and he's thrown for three more touchdowns. The Jaguars 
have only lost like three games out of their last 16 games and playoffs. And that's why everyone's saying like, oh, here they come. Well, the 49ers are almost in that same boat with a track record of, hey, things have gone really, really well. But for the now few games that you didn't like in a row that everyone's getting all negative about, but it, it's still pretty damn good. What if we needed to talk about completion percentages? Well, that's where Trevor Lawrence is going to really separate himself from Brock Purdy. Wrong. They're both at 68%. 68.3%. They have identical completion percentages. Number one pick, last pick in the draft. Last pick in the draft is out statisticking, statistically statisticking Trevor Lawrence just about everywhere you look. And because of that, guess what? You know, I know that everything's going wrong with the 49ers, right? With all that offense, it's not scoring like it used to. Things are, it's just not happening. It's not happening. Three bad weeks in a row. I'll give you that. But even with it all, we're talking about an eight game start here. Through eight games, San Francisco's averaging 6.3 yards per play. That is the second most in the NFL. I keep on hearing, well, they're dink and dunk. Yeah, Dinkin and Duncan to the second best yards per play in the NFL. Only Miami is better. The 49ers are averaging nearly 23 first downs per game. That's second most in the NFL. That means you're staying ahead of the chains. And that's with a few games where we saw them behind the chains, right? Um in a league that sees scoring that is down absolutely everywhere, and scoring is down everywhere, the 49ers, 27 points per game, are the fourth most in football right now behind just Miami, Philadelphia, and Dallas. Their 376 yards per game are the fourth most in the NFL. There are about 20, 25 teams in this league that would kill to have the resume that the 49ers have right now. They would die to have the 49ers problems. Now, as rosy and good as that is, Steve Wilkes, you got a job to do. And your job is being able to play a little man because Trevor Lawrence starts carving teams up when they go zone against him. And like I told you yesterday, if Trevor Lawrence is having a field day and the adjustment doesn't happen, the next move for Steve Wilkes is a moving van. Like, you can already see this being the it better work now, Steve, moment in his career. And the funny thing is, is that Steve Wilkes' defense in a lot of different numbers is still outperforming in the first eight games, what you saw out of the first eight games of D'Amico, what you saw out of the first eight games of Robert Sala. So there is the feeling that is around this team. There's the truth statistically about this team. And the honest to God's truth is that uh, this is the game of the weekend in the NFL. I don't even think there's a close second. 49ers, Jaguars, it's got the biggest stakes. It's going to unveil how the second half starts for, for these two teams. And, and there's going to be a real different feeling. Winner and loser of this game are going to feel totally different. Coming out of a bye week, you don't want to catch a loss. Both teams are coming out of the bye week. It's going to happen unless there's a tie, and we don't want that. It's the biggest game of the weekend. Outside of that, you got like Browns at Ravens. Kind of a rock fight, right? Texans and Bengals, believe it or not. That's one of the better games on the schedule, only because Stroud is off to a very fascinating start in his rookie year, and the Bengals are trying to 
wrap their hands around, hey, we might be the team to beat in the AFC after all. You got the Kansas City Chiefs, and honestly, you got the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look at the Jaguars' schedule. You look at their division. They could be the number one seed in the AFC. I don't know if that's still going to be out there for the 49ers, but again, there is a lot of football to be played, an awful lot of football to be played still. After that, the schedule this weekend, week 10, it kind of sucks. Like you got a lot of like Titans and Buccaneers and Falcons versus Cardinals, you know, Commanders and Seahawks. Like I'm supposed to get excited about that? Not really. Um, Sunday night football feels like it's got getting ready to suck written all over it. That's Jets at the Raiders. Uh, We got Monday night football, Broncos and Bills. Eh. Jaguars and 49ers. It's the biggest game this weekend. And I hope you plan on joining me at the two-minute warning as we get going uh, with the most aggressive post-game show in America. Join me at the two-minute warning here on the Palouse. Uh, Go ahead and... uh, Go ahead and, and 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 hit that notify button. Hit that notify button right now. <laughs> R.I.P. Cougar Rebel. He's like, Damon, come on. Aiden O'Connell versus Zach Wilson. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for that. Um, uh, we're we're going to do an informal club plus. We're not even going to go disco face because I do. Again, I got I, I got places to go. I got things to learn. It's a Damon Gets More Dangerous Mofo Friday, if there ever was one. And thank you all for dubbing this Mofo Friday. A few other things, though, because we kind of got an interesting NBA weekend. Warriors fans, uh, you host the Cavaliers at 5.30, our time Saturday night. Sunday, you're hosting the Timberwolves. You'll be off on Monday. And then Tuesday, guess what? You're hosting the Timberwolves again. But this time, it's the in-season tournament. Rawr. <laughs> okay. Uh, all I'm telling you is that uh, Minnesota is off to a really good start. Rudy Gobert's seeing less jokes told about him than usual. And uh, Anthony Edwards is officially arriving as one of the most complete guards in all of basketball. He's been really good. He's really good in both directions. He is locking up other teams' best superstars, and he is scoring. He can play. He can play, and it's coming into focus for him here in year three. So interesting NBA weekend. Uh, I know that Trace Jackson Davis and Pajemski, I believe, are in Santa Cruz. They will be recalled, but they got to, since there's no game tonight, they're going to go play a G League game. That's the kind of G League assignment I can deal with. The we're on the road and we're sending you guys to the G League. I don't like that. But yeah, since we're not playing tonight, you can go down, play a game and come on back. That's fine with me. I'll take that as a G League assignment for Trace. College football weekend is an interesting one. You've got Michigan, who is wearing the, you know, the they might be cheating bad guy uh, villain persona. Number three, Michigan at number 10, Penn State. James Franklin beat win a big game at Penn State. Like, I fucking dare you, dude. Um, Number 18, Utah at number five, Washington. Just mathematically speaking, there aren't a lot of really big Pac-12 games left for us in our lifetimes. It's a shame what's happening to that division, that conference, I should say. Um, the Huskies are looking to get to 10-0, though. So that's a big game right there. And Utah is just the kind of team that upsets a team like, uh, a team like Washington. Number nine, Old Miss at number two, Georgia. So you got a good SEC game right there. 
color. <coughs> I can't even say it. I'm choking like the Buffaloes are on their season. Colorado got off to that. The entire world's talking about them start. They are one and five in their last six games now. They're taking on number 21, Arizona, the humble pie that has been served to Dion, who hasn't asked a single reporter if they believe in the last few weeks. Um, I believe your offensive line might get your son hospitalized, is what I believe, Dion. Um, so there is a huge regression for Colorado there. Uh, you got Miami at number four, Florida State. Look, that in-state rival usually brings out a good game. Um, you know, Miami could get smoked for sure because Florida State's very good. USC at number six, Oregon. And look, I got to be honest, it's a battle for my future uh, rooting interests. Um, USC again. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to adopt a team that doesn't have a defense. And if Lincoln Riley's just not in the defensive business, that's not going to be my Big Ten team going forward. Um, if Oregon wins this, I might be. I might be uh, sidling up to the Ducks instead of the Trojans. My future Big Ten football fandom is certainly up for grabs again because Indiana's just stepped on my nuts so many times in my life. I don't trust them. Although the Hoosiers can win a second straight Big Ten game at Illinois in a game that I strongly suggest not only do you not watch, but ignore summarily. That is going to be horrific. But I'm sure I'll be watching because, again, I'm a little bit of a football masochist, and I got to drop that about me. Um, so Ducks USC for the battle of Damon Bruce's soul is going down. Um, hey, look, when it comes to the San Jose Sharks, like we've officially kicked them when they're down, it's time for me to let you know that the San Jose Sharks, it's time to break them up, baby. They've won two in a row. Where is it? I hope that the soundboard's working today. Soundboard working today, I hope. I, I, I think the mic is on. I think we got this right. Uh, Kim Schaefer totally called it out yesterday. She's like, that mic's not on. I'm like, yeah, I think it is. It wasn't. She was right. It was The audio was being picked up over the computer. Hopefully, we're all good here right now. Um. One more kind of interesting thing to tell you, but first, and this is where we get to give love, as we do each and every Friday, to our friend Michael Urban in his memory that is being uh, kept alive by our pals and uncle boys who sponsor the Good for Ball, Bad for Ball segment, which we end every single Friday show with now. Um, so Uncle Boys is not only at their Balboa location in the Inner Rich, but Uncle Boys is now taking over the kitchen at the Union Street Ale House. So if you're out and about this weekend, you're looking for a great burger, it's supposed to be really nice, you're walking around Union Street, pop on in, get an Uncle Boy burger at the Union Street Ale House and uh, go support those who are supporting the Plus, and certainly Uncle Boys, who a lot of you met at Plus Mania 2 Electric Boogaloo, uh, would love to see you come on out. Good for Ball. Good for Ball is thanking a veteran. That's what I want you to do this week. I guarantee you, you know someone who has served in the military. Whether that person is in your family, a friend of yours, a friend of a family friend, I want you to go out of your way, please, to thank someone who is serving in the military, uh, someone who has served in the military, and thank them for their service. Appreciation means so much to every single soldier or member of any military branch that I've ever met. Um, this is, you know, it's not Memorial Day. This isn't about honoring those that have passed. This is about thanking those who have served. 
So it is good for ball over Veterans Day weekend to thank a veteran. And I hope you go out of your way to do that. Bad for ball. I know we've picked on him a little bit this week, but it it needs to be said one more time here. Andrew Wiggins has been bad for ball. Andrew Wiggins right now is averaging 11 points, three rebounds. He's not even getting an assist per game. He's 15% from the three-point line. He is 57% from the free throw line and is down to about 25 minutes a night. And those are all career lows for Andrew Wiggins since joining the Golden State Warriors. Now, I really thought that the man who caught lightning in a bottle in the NBA Finals was going to use that moment to sort of redefine his career going forward. And what we're looking at is a massive regression. And what's scary about this is he's 28. This is his prime. Andrew Wiggins is stepping into the prime of his career in a year where the team that he's playing for is going to lean on him to produce more than they have in the past. And if Andrew Wiggins is just going to not care about this year, this year is going to be a waste, and it'll be among Andrew Wiggins' fault that Steph Curry's legacy doesn't look like what it should at the end of the career if Andrew is going to mail this year in or not turn around what is nothing short of a dreadful start. Like Steve Kerr can talk it away and say, well, we're not worried about it. I mean, that's bullshit, Steve. You have to be worried about this. You know, I know that Steve always wants to say the right thing in public and support his guys, and that's why he's a great player. He's a great player's coach, great ambassador. That's why guys respect him. I'm telling you right now that Mike Dunleavy and Steve Kerr both got to be shitting their pants based on what they've seen out of Andrew Wiggins. And let me tell you where this goes if this continues. They're going to trade his ass. Because for the first time, there are guys other than Andrew Wiggins that can step into that role and I think do better. So Andrew Wiggins, you need to stop being bad for ball, and that is our good for ball, bad for ball segment brought to you by our friends at Uncle Boys. Our final story before we see what exactly, who exactly, if anyone dropped any super chats, I I hope I haven't missed any, um, but I do have to get going, so we will be, we will be either hopping into some super chats here or getting through a not even official version of club plus quickly. Um, our final story of the day, the world be growing. We have surpassed 8 billion people, 8 billion, 8 billion, 8 billion human beings on the world. We've officially passed it. According to the census bureau, global agreement that we're at 8 billion now. Um, All I can tell you is that at the very, very least, 4 billion of that 8 billion are total assholes. It's just the way the world works these days. You can basically look around any room you're in and be like half these people. So 4 billion total assholes, maybe 2 billion like legitimately interesting good folks and the other two are sort of wavering on which way they're going to go hopefully they choose good over evil the global median age by the way 32 years old so it's a it's a younger world especially with uh, american mortality rates crashing which is never a good sign but there you go that is your friday damon bruce show and all i'm going to tell you is that uh 
If you're listening to the podcast, keep it listening for a second because we're going to wrap this whole thing up one bad boy. Uh, Ray Lord is talking about, uh, forget about spa water, bong water. Yeah, well, uh, again, th th that has occurred in life for a lot of us. Bong water did happen. Um, but Kendra served me delicious spa water. And it's the first time again, I've never, never had cucumber in the water. Uh, it was good to see so many of you enjoy Kendra's appearance. Uh, I think she's awesome. She's a great follow. Uh, Ike, by the way, Hey, 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 Ike. Great to see you. Uh, respect Iowa state RIP Cougar rebel. You are right about that. Uh, put some respect on them, them, them cyclones. Uh, what else we got going on here real quick, real quick, real quick. Uh, Ike wants to know anybody watching in Huntington beach there today, Manhattan beach tomorrow, come and find me and I'll give you a free sandwich card as always. My man, Ike taking care of the plucers. Absolutely love that. Go ahead, check it out. Um, big weekend, man. It is a monster, monster weekend for the San Francisco 49ers. There is no downplaying the results or this one. Like a lot of them, look, they've all counted up to now. This one, this is a this is a monster one. Shanahan needs it. The team needs it. Overall confidence needs it. Confidence breeds more confidence. A brutal, rough part of the schedule is officially right around the corner. You don't want to start the second half on the wrong foot, and losing to Jacksonville will be on the wrong foot. It really, really will. Chase Young, you just make the big trade. So there you go. By the way, Michelle Haberman, Damon, come to the duck side. Not the dark side, the duck side. Um, Pac-12 going out on top, true blue. I mean, look, it, in the league is so interesting. There's been an awful lot of attention. There's been great football. But unfortunately, this whole thing, like, can we just hit the reset button? Can everyone just go back to nobody's moving? Like, let's just, just go back to the way things were. Unfortunately, you can't. The wheels of business are just spinning Leslie's very right here saying, Damon, instead of dressing up like a chicken, you can now just cross over and become a duck. A lot of duck hype over here. A lot of duck hype. I appreciate that too. All right. Looking, 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 looking. Looking, 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 looking. Thank you so much for tuning in. We get down and it, postman capital. There you go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. Payday Friday dropping a little something on me. Thank you very much. The postman in Capitola. How about this? He brought the, he brought the, um, $2 bills, two $2 bills. And he brought those for my kids. He's like, give each of your boys a $2 bill. It's good luck. What's funny is that my dad always had a $2 bill on him. So Postman and Capitola, by the way, Postman and Capitola, still got the t-shirt. Just sitting right here, baby. Postman and Capitola, oi, 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 indeed. Up, oh, AJ Cruz coming in right under the wire right there. AJ, thank you so very, very much. Uh, shout out True Blue forever. Thank you for your service. True Blue? True Blue, are you a veteran? I, I did not know that. If indeed, sir, thank you for your service. Shush is saying, can we get a maximum football? And I think you can even hear it today. Maximum! Did I set this up right? 
Did I set this up right? Did you hear that? Did that sound better than yesterday's maximum football? I think I set this up right today. I think this is the mic that's working. How about this? True Blue Forever, a U.S. Marine Corps sergeant retired. My man. My man. That's why he's True Blue. Ding dong. Look at that. Drew down, dropping a five spot there. Very, very nice of you. Thank you so much. And again, J.J. Raider, I've seen your name. You don't need to give anything, J.J. Raider. You speak in pounds, not dollars. And when I say pounds, I don't mean like British currency. My man. Thank you all so very, very much for being here today. It means an awful lot to have you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thanks to Kendra Middleton for coming on by, getting us a little closer to the Jaguars. And I know a lot of you really like seeing her. The choice between looking at my my side of the screen or her side of the screen, I could I could feel all of your eyes on her side of the screen. Good job, everyone. Thank you very, very much. Thank you for your service, True Blue. Anyone else, thank you as a veteran for all of your service. And I'll just tell you right now that, number one, you, you don't have to, uh, yes, be looking for the Jags print onesie. Indeed. Um, <laughs> Damon who? I, I, I deserve that, Erwin. I deserve that. Um, you don't have to go home. You can't stay here. And I do want to remind you that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.